besides Drake. I, I wish so many people weren't weren't on uh, Ohio. Why's that? Don't you like having friends? Don't you like having company? And I'm your horde of bees? No. Alright, we're back no. for part two. No. We're back for no. part two. No. He only likes the band before everyone else likes him. Like, if you ask him now, I'd be like, the Ramones suck. I saw him in 1972, and they were amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's a basketball I, hipster. I don't even know if I got those dates right. Okay, welcome back to part two of the ACC Basketball Degenerates sure. podcast. And we are into the other two regions, and we're talking about the right side of your brackets. Follow along at home if you'd like to. I'm your host, Luke Neer. Alongside Vegas Mike and also Taylor Pilkington, they are still here as well, yawning a little bit, but uh, we're recording this late on the East Coast, so it'll be up for you on Tuesday morning. But uh, where are we going, Midwest or South? There's a big debate in in between um, in our little hiatus. Where do we go? What's the debate? Who won, Midwest or South? Mm, mm. Midwest. Let's go to the mid. Let's, let's go to go the Midwest. Midwest. Yeah. I will begin. And we're gonna we're gonna do something. Uh, Incredibly radical. We're going to start with the one seed, the Illinois Fighting Illini. There have been two teams, boys, who have gone to another level in the last three weeks or ever since they lost that trash game to Michigan State. I think Illinois' run really started when they blew the doors off Michigan in Ann Arbor. That's what I think it officially started, and they did it even without Io. Io's back, and they're still really good. They're your Big Ten champions when it comes to the tournaments, and they deserve the one seed. I love how they're playing right now. They are hot. And uh, the only other team who's gone to another level, the Georgetown Hoyas. But we talked about them in part number one in case you missed it. Go back and check that out. So uh, they are getting Drexel, uh, a team who I have suffered through actually a couple times. And what what kind of a spread are we looking at? <laughs> Taylor, you start. The spread is 22 uh, and a half be at points. least 20. Yeah, it's that's 22 a... and a half. Look, I can't. Yeah, go ahead. You you often don't call a lower lower tier conference uh, when you steal a bid, but Drexel and Jamie Lucky stole a bid from the James Madison Dukes this year. Let me tell you that much right now. In that quarterfinal match, JMU was the regular season champion in the CAA, and Jamie Lucky teed up. Uh, erroneously twice the J- James Madison Dukes once they teed up the coach with 50 seconds left in the game with a tie game against Elon. Unbelievable. Uh, Drexel doesn't deserve to be there. I will gladly take Illinois in all the points and Kofi Coburn just going to stuff it right down their throats. It's going to be amazing. He's been the difference on that team. Uh, he's the reason for the turnaround. And as soon as I heard that Io was wearing his mask in his dorm room to help him prepare, I knew that this team was uh, destined for greatness. So you know what? If he sleeps with it on, then then he's got my money. Give me the twenty-two points. He looks like a theater student, or you know, he's or a fan of the opera. One of the two. I can't uh, figure out which oh, one I like better. Which of those analogies? I'm glad you said. Yeah, go ahead, Taylor. I know you like it. I know you're gonna respond and perk I'm, up. And I love it. Exactly. I'm glad you said fan of the opera because I was literally about to start singing, you know, the music of the night. I bet you know uh, it before you. <laughs> I would guarantee it. Give me <laughs> Illinois here and I will uh, lay the points to the most intriguing, most heartbreaking 8-9 matchup oh. in a long time. It's heartbreaking oh. because neither of these teams deserve each other. They deserved Oklahoma or Missouri, which is unfortunate. 
Georgia Tech deserved to be in Clemson's spot. How is Georgia Tech the nine and Clemson the seven? I'm sorry, like to the two Clemson basketball fans that listen and to the hordes of Yellow Jackets who are all assembling, ourselves included, I, I feel like they've become too lovable. You can't go against them. I wasn't even mad for taking Florida State in the title game. I was only mad because I felt like I betrayed Passenger, who is, as we call him now, the lunch lady. Who's responsible for that nickname? I've got to give credit where credit's due. Which one of you? I can't remember. It was Mike. I would never sully Pastor's name with that. He's got he gives vibes. Yeah, yeah. He looks like I mean he looks like he serves a mean fish sandwich with a side of nachos. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Georgia Tech. Loyola Chicago. Uh, I'm going to lead us off on this one. Is that all right? Uh, yes, please. Tell me. This is not a good matchup for Loyola Chicago. I, what a nightmare for them on Selection Sunday watching this. A, I think they're a little bit underseated. Mm. And B, Crudwig is going to have a a heck of a time with the ACC Player of the Year, which I still can't believe uh, you know Moses is right. And secondly... That matchup zone gave Florida State fits on getting off easy shots from the perimeter. I think Loyola Chicago is really going to have to work hard on their ball movement. They're going to have to be laser sharp and quick and crisp. That's my word. If they want to get threes off, Florida State was not getting threes off in that game against Georgia Tech. So I'm worried about Loyola Chicago. I think everybody's going to be on them for, you know, people are sentimental. Everybody started picking VCU after they made their run for the next four years. I, I don't know if that's worn off. I, I don't think that's worn off of Loyola Chicago. I think a lot of the public's going to be on them. I'm on Georgia Tech. Give them to me. They're an underdog by about two points. Go for it. Yeah, I would say I, I don't know if I feel as strongly as you do. Look, I think that's a great point about the matchup. But, uh, I mean, I'm going to take Georgia Tech. They are, by the way, Georgia Tech getting two and a half points. So, loyally, you're two and a half point favorites. Uh, I'm I'm rooting for Georgia Tech, just like cards on the table. Um, you know, but I, uh, I'm i scared of Loyola Chicago if I'm, if I'm a Georgia Tech fan. Just, you know, the number one Ken Palm defense right now is Loyola Chicago. And obviously, you know, Whatever. That's that's the Ken Palm numbers are a little bit different than they would be with a full season under our belt. Um, but I agree with you on defense. I think like Krautwig is going to be. The, I think Georgia Tech can key on him in a certain way that like they can't in cert, in other ACC matchups. And while he's terrific, uh, you know they really they really aren't like a great three point shooting team. Loyola, I mean, they depend no. on getting those. Shots, in, you know, they live in the paint. They live in those those mid-range and in the paint and making good passes to get the open looks. And Georgia Tech is like, you know, get that like handsy, pretty out there, aggressive defense. I think when they, when they, I'm counting on that is what I'm saying. In and Moses Wright game. is quick off his feet as well. He's a cat-like. And we saw that against Mark Williams in the second Duke game from McCamish Pavilion. So that's even more evidence to back it up. I think he'll be quick off his feet. And you don't need to be super quick off your feet against Crutwig. You just need to be smart enough. Mike, go ahead. Uh, this game is a nightmare for me because, to me, Georgia Tech was the greatest story of the ACC this year. They were, as I texted you guys earlier, they, they were the heart and soul of the ACC. 
um, this year. You know, I just, I hate to see them run into a Loyola Chicago team um, that's, you know, obviously so stout, you know, that it's, it's a very good team. Um, it's highly skilled. You know, they were able to uh, defensively lock down a Drake team that was up and down the floor all day. Um, and, you know, even against, you know, Wisconsin, you know, you, who at the time was, was peaking a bit. I mean, you still have Cameron Crutwig who was able to get 19 points against, uh, against Potter, you know, and Potter's obviously, you know, a bit of a force down there for Wisconsin, but I agree with you guys. This is a nightmare matchup for Loyola Chicago, uh, mostly because of what Jose Alvarado is going to do to Braden Norris. Braden Norris is the point guard for Loyola Chicago. Um, you know, he, he's just so ball dominant. And I think, I think Alvarado is going to give him fits all day. Uh, but you know what? At the same time, I cannot bet on a team that relies on Michael DeVoe um, because you never know where he's going to be. Um, you it's know, really Georgia true. Tech has been so comeback. hot. It's been so hot. It's been so hot recently, Georgia Tech, but I can't bet on DeVoe. Who knows where he's going to be at uh, mentally. I know exactly where Loyola Chicago is going to be. Um, I'll take Chicago, uh, but man, a really tough first round matchup. Tennessee, the five going against Oregon State. That's going to be our next matchup as we move along. Taylor, we're going to see a line, which I believe is going to be seven points. Why don't you uh, give our first crack at this? I think it's seven and a half right now. So Tennessee, your seven and a half point favorite. I'm taking Oregon State here. I know that's pretty popular. Like maybe they had a great run in the Pac-12 tournament. Um, I just, Tennessee great defensive team has those moments where like they just cannot score the ball and that's going to bite them against an Oregon state team who has like shown some, some shown some chops on defense. You look at their numbers. They don't really look that great, but like Tennessee just has those moments where 10 minutes, 10 minutes in the game, they don't score. They airball six threes and, and you know, They've got ponds throwing up an air ball in a crucial moment in the game. <laughs> he I'm did hit one long one against Alabama. So he did hit that one. I got to give him credit for it. But yeah, he hit right. the he hit the one. But I just I I never think I, I don't think Tennessee's as good as people have cracked them up to be. Uh, people are still like they're great on defense, but they're still riding high off last year's like performance, and they don't. Tennessee has like really has some big weaknesses, like glaring weaknesses, especially in the offensive end. So I'll take Oregon state and just ride the hot team here. Um, They're either going to, you know, this is a famous Mike saying they're either going to win the game or lose by 30. So I'll take Oregon state. All right, Mike. (laughs) What do you have Luke? You know how I feel about this Tennessee team. I think I've made it known crystal clear over the course of the year. Maybe the public uh, or our listeners don't know because it's all over text messages. Gosh, they are frustrating if you're on them, aren't they? And they probably played the best half they could have against Alabama in the first and still found a way to dog that game. Rick Barnes pushed the penny across the floor there and back with your nose um, as punishment. Uh, I, I can't get behind him in the first place. And second of all, besides from Keon Johnson... He's really the saving grace of that Tennessee team for me right now. Mm. It's a little scary going against him, but Tennessee just has, I don't know, they don't have the winning mentality across the board. That's what I'm saying. I hate to go all coach speak on you, 
and Oregon State, whatever. Let's ride it. I, I'm. I mean, you got to pick a twelve-five upset somewhere, and I'm picking all four actually. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so uh, th- this is the scariest one of the four for me. Uh, I like uh, the Gauchos as my number one 12-5 upsets. Uh, but Oregon State did show something not only at in the tournament, but at the end of the season. I, I thought they started rounding the form. They need to hit threes. Granted, if they do hit threes, I like their chances. So uh, give me the points. Give me seven and a half points. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that – I think in the last 12 games of the year – um, Oregon state was 11 and one against the spread. They only lost, uh, against the spread coming to maybe Oregon, I believe, you know, and mostly that was because they were, uh, you know, heavy, <laughs> heavy underdogs. Um, so they did lose some of those games, but Oregon state has been red hot for well over a month. Um, and this team can flat out score, man. I mean, they can score, they can stretch Tennessee out. Um, Tennessee's great in the paint. Um, but Oregon state is a team of shooters. I like Lucas. Um, I, I like what, or how Oregon State's going to be able to score against them. And honestly, Oregon State's terrible defensively, but it doesn't matter against bad, <laughs> bad, bad defense. Bad defense doesn't just make good offense, okay? That's a huge misconception. Bad defense just doesn't make good offense. So Oregon State's going to win this basketball game. And Luke, honestly, it's the one you should be least concerned about. Really? It's them and the, them and the Gauchos, I think. Uh but yeah, this this one is is an easy pick for me. Uh, Oregon State all day. Not say close. it, just say it. Uh, money line. <laughs> <laughs> How about that for some energy? I love positive reinforcement as well. So uh, with that said, let's go on to Oklahoma State and Liberty. Outstanding basketball game. We're ta- talking about speed and players just flying all over the floor. We'll let Taylor start on this one. Well, you know I love Oklahoma State. I've been on them. I, I think I texted you guys or or maybe I just texted Mike or Guthrie or something. Like, Oklahoma State has been my national Miami. It's just a much <laughs> better version of their Miami and steroids, which is like you can always take Oklahoma State with points no matter who, if they're playing Baylor, if they're playing anybody. Just take them with the points. They're going to cover. It's not a problem. And it's for me, it's not even like Cade Cunningham. I, the rest of their team has just been amazing, like likely – uh, you know, just everybody like they pass so well. They it, it's great. They look like they're having fun. Um, and Liberty don't know as much about the line right now that we're looking at is uh, Oklahoma State nine and a half point favorites. Um, that line is making me a little nervous. It's probably a stay away from me. If you force me to pick it, uh, I'll just I'll just ride my guys right now and go with Oklahoma State. All right. Well, well, you're wrong. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Good, good, good. Liberty, Liberty might win this game. Uh, They, uh, I'll be honest, they might win this game. Um, You know, Oklahoma State has been incredible. They've been a revelation this year. Um, But this is a Richie McKay team, which means it's a it's a baby UVA. Okay, so um, you know the pace is gonna it's gonna squeeze Oklahoma State a little bit. Um, Obviously. 
Cade Cunningham is going to, is going to continue to play well, but I think that just the overall pace of Liberty and how frustrating they can be. You may remember them from the last NCAA tournament when they upset Mississippi state as a 12 seed. Now Oklahoma state's a much better team here, but um, I I'll still take the points, especially with one of the best three point shooting teams in the country in Liberty. Uh, I think they can definitely keep it close enough. And I think the closer it gets, the longer it, longer it stays that way, the tighter Oklahoma state's going to get. And, uh, I, dude, I like Liberty here. Give me the points. I also will take the points and I'll tell you why Liberty can shoot the basketball. And if they start getting hot, I do think the sphincters start to tighten a little bit for Oklahoma state. And also I, I just don't love the position they're in coming off that you know, spirited run in the big 12 championship. If they had won it, I would have liked them better. I have weird rules in this regards. I, I, for some reason, I like teams that are coming off bad early losses to rally and uh, when the, everybody's down on them. But I don't really see that for Oklahoma State. If we're looking at Cade Cunningham, I mean, Pack is, I think it's going to be well suited against him. And Oklahoma State is going to have to make shots. Not that they're incapable of doing so, but I think Liberty's going to make more shots. I, I hate to sound like Jeff Van Gundy here talking about this game and breaking it down but overall I, I trust Liberty shooting for the perimeter more and I think they'll be able to contain a little bit of penetration what does worry me if we're looking at schemes is how well Oklahoma State does pass the ball they can just flip it around the court and that is not ideal for a pack so Oklahoma State I think wins this game but I'm going to take the points with Mike I will I think Liberty keeps it close enough I think that McGee, you know, maybe hits a couple garbage time threes and um, you get the number. I, uh, you guys have convinced me that it's probably too many points. I just have to defend Oklahoma State and how strongly I like them. I just root for them. It's my new team. You know, they, they're like Mike Boynton has become my new Jim Laranaga in my mind. Uh, <laughs> they like they do. It's not just Cade Cunningham. I get actually kind of frustrated when I read articles about them and it's like, Oh yeah. Well, of course they're led by Cade Cunningham who had 40 points in February in this game against Oklahoma. And they like cite that one game. And like, really it's not about that. It's about like Caleb Boone is their most efficient player. Who's like always cutting, always getting like easy back buckets, always getting one-on-ones where he's like getting points like that. You know, it's like, like they didn't likely they're, what people would call their like second best offensive player. They didn't play with him for like half the season and, and they were still great. And then he came back and he just like fit in seamlessly. They, they're always moving, always finding cuts and open, they open baskets. Pretty style. Yeah. 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 So like, I, this is less a defense of them covering the spread, which I'm kind of now nervous about. I don't really like it after you guys have convinced me. I'm easily swayed, but I'm more a defense of like, I, I just like the team. I like them to make a deep run mm-hmm. more than other people. One other X factor in this game is Elijah Cuffey, who has been absent really from the lineup for the most part this year. Heading into the season, I thought he was going to be a fulcrum of this team. He has not played very much, but he did finally find his stroke from the perimeter. If he can carry that over... That's also more bad news in this game for Oklahoma State. So that's another X factor just to pay attention to why I also like taking the points. Okay, next matchup. Let's go on to San Diego. I, you know, let, yeah. let me say also, I, I wonder, you know, Mike Boynton and the uh, black guy from Star Trek that has the thing over his eyes. I'm telling you, if Mike Boynton doesn't have that. As you mean a reading Rainbow? Costume, yeah. The, uh, Georgie, Georgie LaForge, I believe. Is First of all, how? I, okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry that I went on my Oklahoma State, but how dare you? His name is Jordy LaForge. 
Yeah, and he's LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow. How dare you disrespect the name of both Jordy LaForge and LeVar Burton. I'm so upset. I've never been more upset on this podcast than when you called him the black guy on Star Trek with his thing over his eyes. I, I, I don't even know what to, as the kids would say, I can't even right now. Like that, that, he is a hero in my household for both Star Trek and uh, Reading Rainbow. We watch it nightly. Anyways, go ahead. Anyways, Mike Boyden comes across very much cooler than him, but I don't know. I, he gives me vibes for some reason. I don't know. They look they, they look similar to me. All right, sorry. That's, that's wonderful. I'm glad we first had that of discussion. all, Levar Burton should replace Alex Trebek on Jeopardy as the host. I'm still upset about this. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, it's it's worth it. I'm just sitting here smiling, listening to this. It's fantastic. I, I never, just, I never knew we'd go there. And minutes from now. That's the most spirited we've heard Taylor all hour and a half. Okay, San Diego State, Syracuse. Does Luke have an opinion on this game or what? Do you want to hear it first? Or I think one of you two should lead uh, I out. I want to hear it. I know. I want to I lay. Want to the, I want to lay a hammer down after one of you two stumbles into the wrong side on this one. So, which one oh. of you would like to stumble into the wrong side? Go ahead. Feel free. Uh, yeah, I will say that this is the going to be the only win for the ACC in the NCAA tournament. Um, I guess maybe Florida State might get one, but this will be the second one. Uh, Syracuse with the upset here over San Diego State. There's my take. I'll say I'll, – I'll give my two cents and then Luke can tell us why we're all wrong or right or whatever. But um, so the spread is two and a half. Uh, San Diego State is your two and a half point favorites. I I think weirdly I kind of think this game is gonna you should bet the over on this game, um, even though they're two really good uh, defensive teams or good defensive teams. Um, they both like I think they're like their offensive games match up well against the defense of both. What are, like, what are you I talking about? Syracuse is gonna get Syracuse is not a good defensive what? team. What Syracuse is not that sure. Well, I mean historically, sorry, San Diego State is a great defensive team, and. Syracuse is like historically a good one. And I'll say the the downfall of San Diego State is that they sometimes uh, – they have really – like two really terrific three-point shooters, like amazing three-point shooters. But their main guy, Matt Mitchell, who's like a big, strong, like 6'6", I don't know, two. 240 wing, I don't know, big guy, like, but he gets into the mid-range and hits all these mid-range jumpers. And against Syracuse, you – you got to like pass that high post, but I think he's going to have a lot of trouble like taking tough contested jumpers against the zone. I think it's going to be tough for him. Um, but they also, if you can stop them in transition and make them work the half court a lot, I think it's going to be tough for them. So I, I'm going to take Syracuse here, a little bit of an ACC Homer pick. Um, but I, I'll take Syracuse. Wow, well, I think I, they're going to get some open. I, I cannot believe that you two guys uh, are on the right side. I just, I can't believe Yay! it because oh, we did it. <laughs> we didn't. did it. <laughs> <laughs> Dolajai would be so proud. Yes, he would. <laughs> so that Syracuse zone. Let's talk about it. It's not just a straight zone. It's a blob. It moves all over the place. Sometimes it's extended. Sometimes it's contracted. Sometimes there's just a guy who's following Jay Huff around on the baseline. If you look back at the Virginia game, I just like what I'm seeing from Syracuse offensively right now. And Buddy has gone to, I think he's got finish line syndrome as well, which was my case for the UVA guys. I think he sees the finish line and is laying it all on the floor and is taking matters into his own hands. If he gets hot, look out. 
I like their shooting better than San Diego State's if he's hot. And I just hope Joe Girard, you know, passes the ball. That's what could <laughs> be the downfall of this team. And Adolajai right. is going to be Adolajai. And Gary A. and uh, Braswell might be the X Factor. If Braswell yeah. can can come and give him something, that's a huge boost. I think Griffin's going to get his. So give me Syracuse in this game. Um, I just feel it's a feel. That's a feel thing. I've watched I mean, a good deal of San Diego State recently, and I will say this about them. They can get sloppy. Despite the Kimpom numbers, I don't know if you two took in any of, well, the Utah State game actually looks pretty good. But prior to that, a little bit shaky, right? Can we say that? Well, the thing is, like, so Matt Mitchell, which I mentioned a second ago, is the guy who, like, takes most of their shots, and he's, like, really good. But he takes, like, those inefficient, you know, Daryl Morey would never let him take, would never draft him for his Oh, I know. Because it's, you know, all, it's all like dribbling across the lane and taking like an, an elbow jumper. But the one, Jordan Shakel, who they have, is maybe the most lights out shooter, three-point shooter in NCAA right now. Like, that guy is just automatic. Part of it is he only takes good shots. So he, you can kind of like limit his opportunities by like covering them up and not making them take contested threes. But if they let, if they let them get some open looks, I mean, I mean, I think he shoots something like 47% from three point range this year. I mean, and he's just automatic with that release and coming off screen. So that's like the one danger. I feel like if they get those guys going, but yeah, we got to go on to uh, West Virginia and Moorhead state, which is the three fourteen matchup in the Midwest. Let's go yep. and look up a line. I don't know why I don't have any lines handy. I thought I just memorized them all, but apparently not. So if someone I think can... it's 12, 12 and a half, I think hmm. right now. Um, That's it's a not, lot. Not as though I've bet the game yet or not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Excuse me, sir. The line is exactly 12 and a half unless it's moved since last <laughs> night. Um, so you already no, have I mean... this down. You've already <laughs> yeah. uh, got your ticket at hand. Oh, I do. I do. You're damn right. Um, I've actually bet it once, got off of it, and then bet the other side already. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're damn right. You're damn right. Um, Yeah, I mean, so West Virginia, man, what a weird team, huh? I I know. You know, you just, you want to get behind them. And honestly, look, the only teams that they've lost to in the past three weeks are Baylor and Oklahoma State, right? I mean, there's no shame in that. I mean, they beat Texas, you know, just a couple weeks ago. And, you know, now, you know, they're kind of struggling a little bit. Obviously, Seabway leaving, you know, whatever that was a couple months ago, changed the the makeup of their team. Um, You know, they're more of a four out, one in, five out uh, team now. you know, but I don't know, man. There's there's something about West Virginia where, you know, they're not they're not able to guard. And then when the when the other team is defensively stout, when they actually, you know, are put up a bit more of a fight, like in the first Texas game, uh, you just see you see West Virginia take a lot of take a lot of empty possessions, a lot of bad shots. You rely on a lot of hero ball from Taz Sherman jacking up threes and you know, Moorhead State, man, they're they're a stout defensive squad. Um, one of the best defensive teams in college basketball at the low low mid major level. Um, you know, I really really wanted to take Moorhead State here, um, and I don't blame anybody that does. Um, but I think you got to go with you got to go with West Virginia just because I don't think Moorhead State offensively is going to be able to keep up. But 
uh, they have the they have the talent to do it. So I might be a wait and see if I were advising anyone. Well, Broom versus Culver's the matchup. That's right. the one to look out for. Whoever wins that, I think is going to win the spread. He's going to get right, the points. Right. And Culver, he should be better. Don't just so many early signs at the beginning of the year. I know it was non-conference basketball, but I expected him to bloom a little bit come March. It's he's sort of gone stagnant. I can't figure it out. McNeil's a little bit frustrating. He does get the hot hand every now and then. Uh, I would stay away from this game. I, I really would. I, but if I had yeah, to I pick, I would take. I'd take West Virginia. Yeah, I would say I think this is the game where everybody gets tricked into thinking that West Virginia is going to be a Final Four team, and then next thing you know, like they're they're losing in the next round. You know, it just I don't know, weird weird team, weird team. I like Syracuse to beat them. Yeah, I mean, I love West Virginia. You, you're forgetting the best player in the nation, Miles McBride, is legitimately <laughs> the best guy. I mean, you know. He's the guy. He's my number one pick for team guy. I would rather have on my team if I'm, I'm drafting a college team right now. But uh, they are they are strange. You, also, Moorhead State. The problem is that they turn the ball over at like one of the worst rates in the country. Like literally, I think they're like you know 292nd in the country at turnover rate. Their offense. So it's a bad sign when you're going against West Virginia, a team that maybe hasn't turned the ball over defensively at the rate they have in the past few years, but they're still, a, they still will turn you over a lot. Um, and, and if you let them get out runouts and stuff like that, it's a problem. Um, I, again, and I'm with you, Luke, I wouldn't bet this game, but I guess like, and I, and I don't like West Virginia giving points again. I like them to keep any game close and, and with points, anything like that, but I don't want them giving a lot of points, but I guess I would take West Virginia here just grudgingly, but it's a stay away. That's yeah, fine. It's gonna be it's gonna be real close to that that North Texas game that West Virginia played December eleventh. It's a very similar style team. Um this West Virginia game is gonna be very similar to that North Texas game, which West Virginia won by twelve. Um so that's that's your reference point, I think, in terms of talent and pace to what this game would be. Okay, let's go to Clemson and Rutgers. The two Spider-Men, as Mike referenced earlier on in the podcast, I think this is the perfect place for this, Jeff, saying, wait, you're here too? What? Wait, you're a 10 seed? Wait, you're a 7? What? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Okay, yep. Mike has strong feelings of this, so I'll let him take the floor and take the lead. But, man, I yeah. did not expect to see a 7 next to Clemson's name. I did not expect a 10 next to Rutgers. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I mean, I guess Clemson had some good wins earlier in the year, obviously. But, um, you know, I, I miscounted, I guess. This is going to be the third ACC win. And then that's it, I swear. That's it. That's it. Um, <laughs> you know, but I Rutgers is – I don't know if there's a team um, that's been worse over the past month and that has just been like, I really don't want to make the tournament. Like, I'm just convinced that Ron Harper Jr. was going to have everybody out to his house in like Cancun to <laughs> rescreen the last dance or something and that everybody was just trying to get out of the tournament. Um, you know, like this team, this team has talent for days, but man, they just don't seem to want to play right now. And meanwhile, Clemson on the other side, they had a, they had a big miss step against Miami but you know but prior to that they this was a team that was streaking in the ACC they've been playing well their defense was really locked in 
Uh, Rutgers is mid-range dependent, and I just I see Clemson all over them in this matchup, and I think they're yeah. going to be able to score uh, against uh, against Rutgers. So I, I would take the under, and I would take Clemson. I have nothing to add to that. I agree with Mike. I will also be taking Clemson in this game. I think they're a little bit fired up after the early exit to Miami. I think Brownell will uh, do a little sorcery on the defensive end and knock down their free throws. Just get out to a lead. I don't think Rutgers can close, or even if they're behind, it's even better if, if Rutgers is going to keep clanking free throws like they always do. It doesn't matter if they're at the rack. doesn't matter with, if they're elsewhere. I don't know how they got a 10 seed to give me Clemson to get through. And win, cover, win. It's only one point spread, but um, they're a one point dog. Take money line. Why not? Oh, this is so tough. <laughs> <laughs> is it so really? Tough. Is it really, is Taylor? It, is it? Is it? Well, I, I just, I feel like we've been too much consensus. So I'm gonna break it up here. I'm just, I'm just gonna break it up here. I, I think Clemson has trouble with teams that play the same style of defense as they do. And Rucker, Rutgers plays the same style of defense they do. And Clemson, that, that's bad news for Clemson. Because the secret truth about Clemson is they need to hit some three balls to win the games. And, like, if they can't get, like, Nick Honor or, you know, like, even Amir Sims stepping out, but, like, Dawes hitting threes. If they can't get those guys hitting threes, they're not going to win the game. They're going to score, like, 35 points. And... I mean, Rutgers is going to like do the same thing that Clemson does to other teams. So, eh, I'll, I'll take Rutgers here, even even as that bet this bad run. I'll take I'll take Rutgers. Cool. Okay. All right, all right. Maybe maybe a bad Big Ten team is better than a decent ACC team. So there's, that's there's maybe your your argument. Number two, Houston, and number fifteen, Cleveland State. I have caught some Cleveland State basketball. I really like the Viking logo. That's about all I like about Cleveland State. <laughs> Every, everything else is not good. Just not good, not pleasant, not not whatsoever. And Houston, these are the teams they feast on. What is this, a 20-point spread? It should be. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I'm so bad at this. I, I feel like I should have prepared 19 something. 19 and a half. Well, that's not enough. I said 20. Houston's going right. to cover that with these. Do we really have to get over and talk about this game? They get every offensive nope. rebound. They're going to get every single offensive rebound. Lay the points. Yep, Houston, easy money. It's a good. It's a very good team. They just came off of a, a very tough uh, matchup again with Memphis. They feasted on Cincinnati. They're going to feast here as well. Are you going to do the oral history of the Memphis Houston meetings? Oh. Gosh, those things, I can't believe whoever the hell was setting those lines for that game. I mean, 10 points for the first matchup, and and then they saw what happened. They saw that there was never over a possession difference, and they said, you know what, game two, seven and a half. I'm like, you must be kidding me, man. You guys are just you guys are just depositing money directly into my account. Huh? Is that how you want to do it, Bill Hill? You just want to do a direct <laughs> deposit right into my account? Yeah, give me those tigers all day. You know, of course, I got to throw up the bat signal to you guys you know memphis baby plus seven and a half it's just they're just giving it away i mean it's unbelievable but uh i feel bad for memphis man they could have both memphis and Ole miss could have beat either Rutgers or clemson that's for damn sure (laughs) 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 they'd be be, uh at least five point favorites against both those teams see taylor i just know how to pull his strings like the voodoo doll he was (laughs) poking at to try to get memphis through 
into the NCAA tournament. I knew that that was coming. I just sat back and relaxed and enjoyed every bit of it. To the South region. The Baylor Bears are the one seed in the South. And uh, they're going up against Hartford, who's trash. So where do, where do we <laughs> what do we, okay, what do we do? Yeah, no. Twenty six points. Hartford's a terrible town. Never go there. Um, yep. Baylor advances. What's next? Uh, yeah, they they advance. I don't really care about the point spread in that one. North Carolina yeah. and Wisconsin, the eight nine matchup. North Carolina's the eight. They're coming off the loss to Florida State. Nice effort in that second half to come from behind. Maybe Florida State's just not mentally strong because, I don't know, Carolina always comes back on them. If we're looking at the last two games, even the first game. Yeah, I remember the first game. But uh, Wisconsin, I just don't have any faith that this team has any type of winner's mentality. I don't even know how they manufactured wins. I think I have to go refresh my memory. Was that back in January when they were getting wins? I feel like every time I turn around, they're losing or just beating a lower-tier Penn State-like team in the Big Ten tournament. That's what I'm seeing for Wisconsin. I'll never know how they're Kempom number 10 in the country. They did beat Northwestern, but besides from that, they have the Penn State win, and you got to track back to Nebraska before that. And then before that, you got to track back to Penn State. And before that, Maryland. And by that time, we're at January 20th, where it's another Northwestern team. Wisconsin's not good. They're not winning this game. North Carolina's too good on the glass. They're going to completely eliminate Reavers, in my opinion, who has taken a huge backstep this year in general. And their only chance is for Trice to get on a heater. I don't think Mike Capata is going to do that well underneath against the Quartets. We need a name for them, the Four Horsemen. I sort of like that. So North Carolina, yes, take them. Easy. This is one of my favorites on the board. Give it to me. Uh, So, yeah, I'll just... The line, real quick, is North Carolina as your two-point favorites right now. Um, and I'm already on this, by the way, guys. I, the, to, to answer your question, Luke, about like why the Ken Palm numbers love Wisconsin and why people think it. I mean, the case would be that really Wisconsin is three-point shooting dependent. So like that's where they get the majority of their points. If you look at their point distribution – they're very most of their points almost all their points are coming from three pointers like comparatively relatively to like what you know people usually get and they jack up threes at a super high rate and they hit them pretty high and north carolina's defense in particular is not very good at limiting three-point opportunities which is probably more important than their defense than like the percentage and they're not even great at the percentage so that's like your case for wisconsin that being said, I, I, I don't have I, – I hate just going – you know, I'm betting off vibes, as I like to say. Like, Wisconsin just doesn't feel like they're really getting it. And I, I just – even though their defense is is still been really great, I want to go with UNC. Like, the way UNC plays offense, which is just, like, throw a bunch of, like, you know, 6-10, throw a bunch of doughy strength at the glass and just see what sticks. Uh, I'll take that against even a high defense like Wisconsin against us. So, yeah, I'll take North Carolina. All right, let's hear it from Mike. The case for Wisconsin, the TV wants to believe, and even though they have only one really impressive win all season long, and it came on December 15th against Loyola Chicago. Everything else since then in the Big Ten, nothing impresses me. Nothing. So but right. l- let's hear it. Let's hear it, Mike. I know you're on Wisconsin. Right, right. right. No, uh, Wisconsin is not a good team. Um they're not, and you know, but they are—they are a team with a bunch of seniors who are going to be playing their last college basketball game, 
you know, they do shoot the ball well at times. And let me tell you just from experience, there is nothing worse than being on the other side of a Wisconsin line and having freaking Brad Davison hitting threes in your face and, you know, running up and down the court. Even I even tell even when his teammates are excited that he hit the shot, they still don't like him, you know. And, <laughs> you know, I just – Trice is a great defender too. You know, I, I like him to lock up Caleb Love. Um, this – this game comes down to the three-point shot versus the rebounding game. And I'll take the efficiencies of the three-point shot for Wisconsin. I Wisconsin's not good, okay? They're not good at all. Um, but the Big Ten is a hell of a lot better than the ACC. And there's something in the water here with this line as well. Um, I, I don't like it, man. I, I'm going to live bet it. I'm going to hope for – you know, some type of live line that's favorable, but I don't like it for North Carolina, man. Uh, give me, give me Wisconsin here. If Kerwin Walton hits more than hits three or more three pointers, guaranteed North Carolina win. That's my opinion. Just from They're experience, only shooter. All right, can I talk? All right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Just from experience, going against Wisconsin, Mike, you talked about how you know it's not great when Davis is, is nailing threes. It's great when he's throwing up bricks against the backboard. I was oh, on a yeah. live uh, line on Iowa in the Big Ten tournament, and I've never felt more comfortable in my life, even though it was a one-possession game all the way to the end. That's just what Wisconsin does. They don't close these games. Um, give me Carolina. That's one of my favorites on the board, by the way. To Villanova yeah. and Winthrop, we will start with Taylor on this one. This is a 5-12. Everybody's out on Villanova right now, except for maybe you, Pilk, because I know you're going to talk about Little Archie. And I'm not talking about Archie Miller. I'm talking about little Archie Diacono. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Villanova, you're six and a half point favorites. All right. I mean, everything seems to be going against them with like the injuries and everything like that. Um, I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. I know Winthrop Trendy. I don't, I'm going to stay away. You press me here. Uh, I'll still take Villanova, and that's and just be done with it. But it's just gonna, you're gonna me. you're gonna take Jay Wright. That's what you're gonna do. You're betting. You're yeah, betting I'm punting on this. I'm punting on this game like completely, like 100. I want nothing to do with this. I I, I don't want to watch Villanova until the second weekend at all. Uh, somebody somebody yeah. told me what is what is the line for the Villanova game? Six and a half. Six and a half. Wow. So no Gillespie, obviously going to run, just going to yeah. run that thing through, uh, through JRE, I guess. Right. Um, I mean, Winthrop, you know, Winthrop's only lost one game, obviously. Um, you know, they're 23 and one on the year. They might be one of the most fun teams to watch in college basketball. Um, you know, you have, uh, you have their big DJ Burns, who's, I don't know. Think of him as Cameron Crutwig without the passing plus 40 pounds and, <laughs> you know, plays with his back to the basket and shoots awkward left-handed hooks. I mean, that's, you know, it's just, just kind of a weird player, but they work through the post and then they have their, their six, seven point guard who thinks Scotty Barnes, uh, sh- Vaudrin for them. Um, you know, just kind of a crafty, uh, you know, six, seven point guard. Um, it's definitely, a more fun team than Villanova and you're right. It is very trendy. Um, but six and a half, man, 
I'll take Jay Wright in that situation. Um, though Winthrop is poised for the upset, I, I don't like it. I right, give me Villanova. Well, I can't believe we're all on the same page on this one. Even though I, I do have the ticket with all four 12s going through, I'm hoping to hedge against it eventually. And here's why. And I want to do it live because if Jay Wright shows up to the NCAA tournament and he walks out of that tunnel and he is wearing a three-piece mobster suit, oh, you got to oh. take everything you got and you got to lay it on the Wildcats, baby. This Winthrop <laughs> team, I know they're trendy. I know they only have one loss, but gosh, they have not played anybody better than 170, it feels like, in Kempom if we're talking about the rankings. I just don't know what they're going to look like against a good squad, against uh, an elite team. They could be fine. you got to play who's on your schedule. We just don't have enough information on Winthrop. And uh, six points against a Villanova team, who I don't really like currently. I think they get knocked out 100% by Purdue when they see him in the next round. Yeah. But they'll, they'll have enough to get over the edge. But just pay attention to Jay Wright's stylistic choices, okay? Because he needs to return to his roots. He loved talking about his Taylor. He would always mention him. That's why we got Taylor my Taylor. Do you remember this? I mean, this is a podcast <laughs> staple. If he doesn't go back to those roots, you know, I'm done with him. I'm probably done with him in the second round anyway. But if he does, I'll consider maybe... um him as an underdog covering, not beating Purdue. But anyway, that's what I think. I'm with you. They're done in the second round. They're not They're not that good. That is the truth. Like, they haven't no. been really good, you know, so, yeah. No, no, they've been, they've been pretty bad all year. So this is just the culmination of that. But not like this, as they say in the Matrix. Not like <laughs> that. <laughs> okay. Uh, speak of the devil. And Purdue will appear and Painter will appear. And that fun team... I don't know if there's a more fun player in the country right now who's that big and that lovable than Zach Eady. Right. Give what me all upgrade. your stuff. What an upgrade. Is there like a better uh Harms replacement? Your... Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. It's what a what a uh you know, what a come up uh for for Purdue. <laughs> you know, they really they really glowed up uh going from uh harms to Edie. Good for them. So Purdue at Ohio State, that was a really spirited comeback from Purdue after they went down early in the hole. Ohio State does have a tendency to let teams come back on them, as evidenced in the uh, the game against Michigan at least. So Travion Williams, Zach Eady. I don't care who has it. Just get it to one of those two and let the chips fall where they may. I don't want them shooting very many threes. They don't shoot very many threes, all things considered. But they're not terrible from deep. They have a decent percentage, all things considered. And uh, their defense is underrated. And listen to the run they went on to close the season. Michigan State, Nebraska, Penn State, Wisconsin, Indiana. All fairly comfortable victories. The only thing I didn't like was the Minnesota loss, but you know Painter was gonna—he complained about the the officiating. I didn't really catch the end of that game. They're just better. Do not take North Texas. I've seen that team get demolished on multiple occasions, and it was not a good experience. Don't ask me why or how. It was it was I, it was UAB on both nights. Oh, back to back. Yeah, and of course mm-hmm. I was on the second night, like everybody else, every other stooge out there who thinks they know something about this sport. So, yeah, uh, Purdue, they cover with ease. Take the uh, seven and a half, nine and a half, whatever it is, nine and a half. I'll, it's a double-digit win for Purdue. 
If there's anything you can bank on, it's when when Luke has recently been burned by a team, you can you can know that like the honey hole is open. So you know if anything, <laughs> you know where it just where he just feels so hurt because you know North Texas statistically does look like it can match up. It does have some size down low. Um, I'll be on North Texas here uh, with nine points. They, I think they play slow enough to keep it close. They're a better three-point shooting team than Purdue. I like them in this matchup. Uh, they have some players there too. I mean, uh, I think I think they're good enough to keep it close. All right, Taylor. Give me Purdue. Okay. Give me Purdue. <laughs> good. That, that, that's I all just, I need. To I, hear. I just. I mean, I just want to say that uh, and, you know maybe our second episode this year when I was. All over Zach Ide for like, you know, because I love a, you know, seven, four man child who looks like he's 14 years old. <laughs> and you guys are like this. He's he's garbage. He's a fad, whatever. And now what a luxury to have, you know, one of the best players in the Big Ten in Trayvon Williams. And when he has to rest, you come back with like this, you know, unstoppable force of nature that just like you, you know, will run through anything and just like, you know, jump three inches off the ground to dunk the ball in. So, yeah. You know, I was thinking, Ide, we, a horror. He's a horror film. You know, he's like one of those child children that have played in the nuclear reactor and they've grown. <laughs> Every, everything's grown except for his face. And, you know, he's just a nightmare. He's a walking nightmare. <laughs> you know, we have a it's, surplus it's of large like. children. We have so many large children this year because you didn't even mention Walker Kessler. Right, right. Just yes, throw him yes, in the mix too. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. We nailed it. Walker, we're, we're on fire. The we're ultimate, in, we're in the ultimate big baby. Okay, uh, so good. Let's go to Texas Tech and Utah State. Mm, this is the matchup. This is a great game. This, this is gonna is. be a great game. Um, Taylor, you're much more in tune with Utah State, uh, and you're you're probably most educated on this matchup. What what are, what are your thoughts? I know you've been looking at. I mean, it. so. Right now, the line is five points. I actually think it's going down a little bit. I think people are getting on Utah State. At five points, I like Utah State. I mean, I think both these teams are going to have a little bit of trouble scoring on the other. Like, I think they both match up. I both. I think both offenses match up a little poorly against the defenses in the sense that Texas Tech is like a jump shooting team. So they'll just like – they'll drive the lane, but they'll settle for bad long shots and right. like – um, they don't shoot the three, um, but their D is amazing, right? So, like, they just depend on getting to the line. And Utah State has a great defense that will make you take bad shots, even though uh, Kada, who we've talked about in previous years, I've written off Kada in previous years. I'm like, oh, he's just like another seven-footer who's, you know, he's a Sean Bradley of the Mountain West. You know, like, he's only put into Space Jam because he's tall. He's not really one of the best mm-hmm. five players. You just put him in because he's, like, the tall white guy. And Kada is obviously not white. But, you know, Kada – He's really skilled. He's really good. He 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 can really like if, if a team lets him go one on one down low, gets him in his position all game long, he will punish you. And so, um, like their offense revolves around him. They have to play inside out and let him kick and swing for threes because they have a couple good shooters. Like Justin Bean is a really great shooter, that sort of stuff. But they but they can suffer from offensive droughts if the team doesn't like them. So that so I think both teams match up bad offensively against these defensive. But I. Like Utah State with the points here, I think they're going to limit Texas Tech. I've seen Texas Tech go on those times where they just have like long contested twos, don't score for several minutes. Utah State always has that Kata outlet. 
Uh-huh. Uh, Texas Tech, not a tall team. Utah State's going to be able to take advantage of that. Better defense than people think. Give me, give me the points and uh, the Aggies here. Okay. Nice. So the revelation of conference tournament week was Marco Anthony and why he wears number 44, which is because he's in love with the Wendy's uh, four for four deal. This man was in Charlottesville. I interviewed him on multiple occasions in the flesh. I never was able to get those nuggets, wink, wink, from him in an interview. This revelation has changed everything for me. These two teams are going to play the same style. They're both deny the middle defenses. So give me the points. Five points, sure. It seems foolish because Texas Tech, they just lost by one point to Texas, which was a good effort. And I know they had the Baylor blowout loss, but whatever that happened, and Baylor was due for one of those games because they've been up, they haven't been themselves for quite some time. Maybe I'm underrating Texas Tech a little bit, but when I've watched them, the eye test just says no for me in the tournaments. I don't love this game. I'll be staying away from it. I will be watching it because I think it's going to be interesting and a little bit of a mirror situation for both teams. Um, so give me Texas Tech after I just uh, you know t- took a dump on them. <laughs> Wow. I'm with you, I mean, Luke. I'm is... with you. Big 12, baby. Big 12. Texas Tech could just swallow up Utah State on offense, like, and they could never score a point the entire game. So that that is a danger. <laughs> that is a possibility. <laughs> that could happen. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mike, anything else? Yeah. No, no, that's it. Chris Beard for Indiana 2022. You know, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Get out of Texas, Chris. <laughs> just add him to the wish list. Well, you know, he is going to be in uh, Indiana. He might as well just stay there after the tournament, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Look, they got they got a shot to make a run here in this tournament. This bracket, this bracket sets up really nicely for them. Uh, I mean, you could see you can see their path. If you know, I think Arkansas is a little overrated right now, and I think Ohio State has been wobbly. You know, you could see them in an Elite Eight matchup um, against potentially a Baylor or a Purdue. I mean, you you could see that. I could see Texas Tech going on a run here. I think so, too. And I think Ohio State is, although they've been impressive, it might be some fool's goal because they're very shooting dependent. And do you remember when they had that little skid in the middle of the year? I'm trying to think back when that was. It felt like a three-game losing streak. I'm going to look it up right yeah. now. Yeah, about, so, about a month ago. It was a yeah, four-game losing streak. So it was right before the Big Ten tournament, and they got it together. It was Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Illinois. Now, all those teams are good except for Michigan State, who's trash. But I could see that happening to Ohio State and them not getting too far. I think they'll beat Oral with no problems. But um, let's uh, th- that's good analysis. I mean, it's... It is a nice draw for the bottom half. So speaking of Arkansas, yeah. the three seed going up against Colgate. What have we here? What have we here? Oh. Mike, I have an inkling. I have a spidey sense that you know a thing or two about Colgate. So why don't you start? Oh, you mean, <laughs> oh, you mean, oh, me, the darlings of the net, Colgate? Uh, I think that they were, did they finish the season in the top 10 in the net? I believe they did. Um, you know, one loss on the year. Uh, now they play in the Patriot League, which, um, you know, spoiler alert, is like the worst league in the country. Um, but this is a team like this game is going to be the most fun game to watch, um, I think, of the of the first weekend, just because 
these teams are just going to run up and down the floor all day. I mean, and, you know, Colgate is just, you know, it's just kind of funny. I mean, they're just like a team of essentially just smaller white guys. It's just going to be running up the floor frantically, just shooting every three that they get. Um, but they can also, they also guard the three really well. Um, they don't, they don't allow other teams to take three. So I think that that could be problematic for Arkansas, but Arkansas is just going to be driving the ball to the paint all day long. Um, I, I like this game to easily be, you know, in the eighties. Um, and I, I like Colgate to cover here if it's a double digit game. I mean, in particular, you have to keep your eye on, I, you know, Jordan Burns is the main shot taker for them, but I actually really like Tucker, Tucker Richardson. I think that he is, uh, he's kind of their multi-purpose all does everything player for them. So keep an eye on him. Tucker Richardson, he's a, he's a stud. So there you go. We should say the line is nine and a half. So Arkansas nine and a half point favorites against Colgate. Yeah. Yeah. They might win by 20. I mean, but I don't think so. (laughs) They've been slow starters recently. So if anything, I would wait and hope and pray that Colgate gets out to, I don't know, a 12, four, 12, five advantage and then hop on Arkansas. I think that's been the rinse repeat drill with them. They've been such a good second half team recently and uh, really all season long dating back to that Auburn comeback where they nearly came back and beat Auburn at their pinnacle. So I'll take Arkansas on this one and I'll, I'll I'll hit it live. But if I had to go pregame, I'll still take the Razorbacks and uh, give me Musselman. 10 points. Oh, you're you're missing a middle here, Luke. You could get your plus eight and a half on Colgate, and then you can swing on the other side and get, you know, get some points with uh, Arkansas. Yeah, but what happens when Arkansas wins by a ton? I just want a no sweat uh, win. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, uh, all right. That's fair. Okay. Taylor? I, 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 I like what Luke is saying. I mean, I think when <laughs> Arkansas was playing when Luke, when Arkansas was playing like Missouri, and, and Missouri was up by like eight you know, in the first like five to 10 minutes or something. I don't know. And Luke texted something like this is classic Arkansas. They always go down right at the very beginning and they just, you know, don't worry about it. And that's what it is. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't be excited about taking the pregame line. Either of these teams, I bet it live and take Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good enough on that one. Let's go down to, Oh, what have we here? Y'all's favorite ACC team. The Virginia Tech Hokies, ever so defended by every single ACC basketball degenerate not named Luke. So let's <laughs> let's hear the case for your beloved Hokies who were going to be ACC champions, according to Mike, until they lost by nine to Carolina, the team he doesn't even like to beat Wisconsin. So I think that you should really start this one off. Okay. All right. I could lay it on awful thick here. Yeah. I mean, the the first question is who is Carrie Blackshear cheering for? You know, what what a turn <laughs> You know, I guess Buzz isn't walking through that door, is he, Carrie? Um, you know <laughs> Florida Florida's to me, you know, just a team that I don't I don't even think should be in the tournament either. I mean, you know, they they had an opportunity against Tennessee. They they're just not built to beat Tennessee. Um, Trey Mann, he's something. He, I don't know. He's just not he's not my kind of guy. It's not my kind of party. I, I like Virginia Tech. I like the deliberate pace of Virginia Tech in this game. I don't I don't think there's any answer for Aluma on uh, the Virgi- on the Florida side. Um you know, I just, 
I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it for Florida. I, you know, I don't like Mike white. Um, the game is going to be played at Virginia tech's pace. They've been, they haven't played basketball in a long time besides that one UNC game. Um, but I still like them here against Florida. I just, I'm not a Florida fan this year. This is after Mike sent out the bat signal saying, take Florida against Tennessee. Take them six and yeah, a half. I did. I did. Uh. I did four and a half. What a waste. Yeah. Maybe I'm just bitter from that loss. Maybe, maybe you talking. should use the, uh, use the Luke factor against yeah. me. Maybe this, maybe this is the answer. That's what I like to hear. Okay. Taylor. I'm going to take Virginia tech with a bullet. Uh, you know, the, the classic, like they're coming off the COVID and so they're going to be bad. I felt like they looked pretty good against UNC, all things considered. Put up a better fight than I thought. I just want to see Aline and Couture bombing threes, Aluma like working the, the paint. I, I just, I think Florida can't keep up with them. I think uh, it's, a, it's a bad matchup for Florida. And I just want to root for Virginia Tech. So I'm going to take him. I want to root for Mike Young. Okay. Well, Mike was forgetting the real question which is which team is dorian finney smith rooting for that's the real question here i know you know your recency bias and you wanted to, to talk about carrie blackshear who is dorian finney smith uh, a dallas maverick now rooting for in this game who split his time half and half with these two uh fantastic teams actually not half and half he was at florida a little bit longer i want virginia tech as well i don't like what i've seen from this florida team mike white um I think my thoughts are clear on him. I think I've made them public <laughs> since day one of this season. After last season, when what, what were they top six in the country in the preseason and didn't fit like we're bubble bubbly at the end of the the year. Right. right. So we've got Mike White. Um, it's the battle of the mics. That's also. I mean, this is a great matchup, man. The, the selection committee, as much flack as they take, just in general, I think they finally got this one right. Mike and Mike. That's mm. the matchup. Florida, mm-hmm. they knew about the connections. They knew about Dorian Finney-Smith. They knew about Kerry Blackshear, all the above. But I think Virginia Tech actually um, gets it done, and I'll tell you why. I did like some moments against Carolina. I think I, I like the heels a little bit more than you two and more than most people in the community do uh, because I do like their size, their rebounding. But VT did hang in that game for a little while, and then it just got away at the tail end. And they've got pieces back. They're healthy again. They've got everybody back into the folds. So, three-point shooting, I don't trust Florida. In the interior, Aluma will do enough, and I just like the five-out approach. I don't know if Mike White's defense can combat this, and God knows he can't coach offense. So, give me Virginia Tech in this one as an outright winner to advance as the 10 seed. Uh, Mutz was incredible against North Carolina. If you can summon half of that, they'll be fine, and they should be able to get through, and then, then they'll get crushed. But, okay, that's all. Nice. Nice. Welcome, Luke. Welcome. And then I guess we're we're gonna take Ohio State against Oral Roberts, I'm assuming. Yeah. And cue the music. That's it, boys. What a what a journey. What a journey through that first week or first uh first round. We'll be back on Tuesday. Sixteen and a half points. Take the golden eagles. <laughs>